Hey, goofball. Hi. Don't call me that. It's offensive. You're a goofball. I'm getting ready I'm offended. to. I'm ready to record. I'm a, and I say, great. Let's do it. And then I say, where's the link so I can join so we can record? Oh, I forgot. Well, because I. <laughs> goofball. I still don't think of it as something we. I, don't, I still don't think of it as using Zencast. Wow. We're going to do great today. Both of us goofy, can't speak. Goofy ball. I don't use Zen. We don't normally use Zencaster to record. It is no. So I was waiting for you to call me. You're a goofy ball. Where does that come from? Goof. Goofy. <laughs> you don't like the word goofy? I like it. I'm just wondering where it comes from. Goofball goofy. etymology. What's the drug version of goofball? Oh, uh, well, eight ball. Goofball, meaning narcotic drug. 1938 slang from goof plus ball. <laughs> okay. Oh, but what's a what's a goof? Where did the term goofball come from? Come on, that's you're not helping me with this. Narcotic drug. 1938 slang from goof plus ball, but it went back to. So goofball met drug all the way back in 1938? Oh, wow. As an intent, intensive of goof dates back to 1959. So it sounds like the drug thing was first. Oh. Who knew? Okay. I just think of that the worst Disney character of them all, Goofy, rolling up into a ball like an armadillo or a roly-poly. Whoa! Did you watch that show nope. with him and his son? Nope. Nothing. What was that called? Nothing. Goof Troop or something? Yeah, I think it was Goof Troop. Nothing with Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. My cousin played Goofy in Disney World. All right. Well, good for your cousin. That's a big role. Your cousin landed yeah. a big role. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're not going to get Mickey, who would you want to be? Me? I mean, in general. who do you I'm probably think? too short for any to be anyone. Who do you think the second choice is? If someone's not going to be Mickey. Oh, it depends on what you're looking for, you know, because you could just be like, oh, I'm so nice and I'm Snow White, you know, or you could be like a really fun character like um, Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. If you look up, if you look up videos that people have taken of her, she's she's like a real bitch to people and it's really fun. Oh, or Gaston is a great role to play at Disney World. Yeah, I think any role where you You get just to tell be... the little girls like they can't be scientists and stuff. Yeah, any any wouldn't... role where you get to be mean to kids would be perfect. I would actually yeah. be good at that. Maybe I should apply. Well, I guess the theme parks are they tried to reopen Disney, right? But I don't think it went so yeah. <laughs> People went and then got sick, I think, right? And I think just a lot of people weren't actually going. People did go. There's always those psychos who are obsessed with Disney. Yeah. Like, I got to go. I need my Disney fix. <laughs> I To be so loyal to the Disney brand is strange to me. It's off-putting. When someone's, Why? When so, I don't know. When someone's such a huge Disney fan. I love everything oh. Disney. Just a blanket. You love them all and everything. Why? Yeah. You don't realize that Disney is a big scam just to get as much money out of you as possible? Well, and then it goes further when you're a big disney world or disney theme park person because it sort of tricks you into the hype of you know oh you have to buy these figurines 
in these gift shops because this is the only place you can get them. And this one, <gasps> this one's really rare. You know, and so you start collecting weird stuff like that. Or like even I bought into it a little bit where the one time that I went, you know, with my kids to Disney World, it was just to one of those like it wasn't Disney World World. It was Disney World, but it was one of those other parks in Disney World, like jungle something. I don't know. But uh, it was rainy and I needed a shirt. And so I bought a shirt there that was really overpriced, but it had the year on it. And like the season and I was like, oh, this is cool because, you know what I mean? Like even I fell into that trap of like, oh, this is a shirt that, you know, you can't get another time. It's all marketing. That whole vault. Yeah. We're opening the vault. Sleeping Beauty's back. Oh, it's yeah. like nobody even get enjoys. Get it now before it goes back in the vault. And nobody even likes Sleeping Beauty. Give me a break. <gasps> oh, Sleeping why? Beauty is a snooze fest. Like it's right there in the name sleeping. It makes me want to sleep. The best villain. Isn't that Maleficent? I have no I don't follow. Oh, wait. Maleficent might be from Snow White. What I mean, the villain from Sleeping Beauty, that witch. She is the best villain. And she's fun to look up on YouTube. No, so that, that is from Sleeping Beauty. Maleficent. Okay. Yeah. Maleficent. <laughs> so who is the Snow White witch? Oh, the evil they kind of queen are the same person to me. The evil queen, also known as the wicked queen, or the queen, or the witch. <laughs> That's the name. Oh, okay. Yeah, it may as well be the same. I don't know. They're not. They, if you look at them, they're nothing alike. They're very different. Okay. They look very different. Maleficent has a cool look about her. While the, she does. While the witch from Snow White just looks like an old haggard lady oh but that's when she turns into the lady trying to trick snow white into the apple oh you have to look before that don't you know anything no i don't because i find these films to be very very boring i can appreciate the animation now that i'm older and i uh -huh. you know can look into such but as a kid when you're just watching for story and no I, I got nothing out of them i like the little mermaid yeah because i had a crush on ariel oh yeah especially when she couldn't talk no, I actually, surprisingly, <laughs> when I, I like dark hair, but uh, I preferred her when she had the red hair. Wait, no, yeah. she, when no, she, she always had the red hair. Yeah, the, she, the, the fake version. The, had the sea dark witch. Hair. Yeah, had the dark hair. Ursula. Had the dark she, hair. She, oh, I'm changing my mind. She's my favorite villain. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty. They weren't kidding when they called me Willow Witch. Yeah, she's got the same voice as Sam from Sex in the City. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> pathetic! That was the poor unfortunate souls. And that was the inspiration for uh, that You're character. Right. Where'd you get your inspiration, uh, Ursula? I love that Ursula. God, Ursula is the best. You took your kids to Disney World. When, how we were old? right next door to it. I mean, we were, but at that yeah. age, when, why? How old was Because Pete? we were right there. Was I think Pete, Ellie like was... three months at that point? Four. Yeah, and Pete was little. I, I think he got him free. Sure. But it just seems like a hassle. He's getting zero out of the experience. Yeah, I changed his diaper like on the ground. Yeah, he does not care that he's there. No. Even if it is free. And then you're just lugging around at that point. You may as well be carrying around... 
you know, a bag of weights. Just something that's kind of a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ride Dumbo. Well, but I got this baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Strange choice. Sorry. That's all. Listen, yeah. we didn't go there just so that we could go to Disney World. Travis had a... um, What's it called? A uh, Not a convention. What's it called? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Whatever. He had a group of, you know, a bunch of people in the same industry coming together. Conference. He had a conference in like right there in Orlando. And we were five minutes away from Disney World. So like, let's let's go to this one park. It was cool. I bet that was a blast of personality. What? Hanging out of that conference. Scientists (laughs) are a strange bunch because a lot of them are tough to talk with <laughs> and then there are others who are like just kind of normal and are there to party yeah they're the ones that are, they strive to be the carl sagans no yeah. oh well yeah. hey i've got personality this is the this is the trick no, but nothing's wrong with carl sagan this is no there's nothing wrong with this is the trap in science if you have a little bit of personality when you're a scientist then suddenly you think you have what it takes you have the chops to be the the public scientist the one that brings it to the the layman yeah, I got some personality. I can hold the conversation for more than three minutes. I I should be on TV. No, you shouldn't. No, people I, in this industry in that field don't have the need. They're too weird usually. But but that's what I'm saying. When you're surrounded by all these people, when you're the one person who has someone of a normal personality, then you you're it's inflated. Your worth and value to the field of science is inflated. I'll be the next Carl Sagan. I'll be writing books and all of my TV shows. But show I'm saying be... even those, even within those people, they don't want to be in charge of it. Oh, you know why? Because usually they're really smart about one thing and that's their field of study and that's it. So they can't just, you know, and they'll talk past you, you know, or like above your head. You so wanna, people, you won't get it. No, they they try. They're talking to you like they like yeah, and this and that, and you're like oh, no, okay. Yeah, I'd go to Disney World too. At that point, <laughs> the choice of the two. Yeah, I'd nah, go to Disney. At least there's some characters and some <laughs> colors. It was fun. It was fun. You know, Disney World, even though it is like a weird thing overall, as far as like money and. Star Wars ruining Star Wars it still does it is still cool at least just for the dedication and like the craftsmanship that goes into the tiny details in Disney World because they really do make you wonder is that bird sitting on that fence is that a real bird or is that like a Disney bird it's just there to make me like believe in magic I haven't been since seventh grade I know you're right with that that they there's an attention to detail and they do care about their parks Um, yeah it's it's mostly the yeah, the crowds. So many people go. Oh yeah. Um, but I haven't been since seventh grade, and in seventh grade, my favorite was Epcot. I think that's a weird. <laughs> no, kid, Epcot was so cool. That was like there was Epcot. science stuff there. Yeah, with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, wannabe Carl Sagan's. <laughs> yeah. I'll teach you about science. I'll teach you about science. I have personality. More so than my colleagues. Also colleagues. 
It's the only place yeah. where you can, the only field where you call your coworkers colleagues. Well, because you don't really work with them. <laughs> like a coworker, you think of like someone right beside you handing you things or like you're helping each other. It really is like you work on this really far away from me and I'll <laughs> you're in a whole different country. I'll show you. I'll get on TV. I'll be yeah. the next Carl Sagan. And then those times you made me carry your paperwork, you'll be like, wow, you're on TV. You really billions showed me. Billions and billions of stardust. I don't know why I'm stuck on this. I know neither. I have this idea that. Uh, Do you remember that song? Well, I just, I, people in general, I feel <laughs> as though they're in situations when, you know, there's an extreme happening. And they're not that extreme. Like they, they don't fall into uh-huh. the extreme. They're a little above the extreme. Then they overcompensate and they start believing things that aren't actually true about themselves. I feel like that is that can happen, but I don't see it happening as often in this, like at least in the astronomy community, astronomical community. Because say someone has no thumbs. And they can't uh-huh. paint, a, paint a wall properly because they have no thumbs. And then yeah. someone can paint a wall pretty well. And then suddenly they think they're able to paint uh, portraits of people with uh-huh. brilliant see, shadowing. Yeah, see, <laughs> I, a lot of people that do have that sort of mentality end up dropping out of the science field and go into something else. Well, I still believe what I said because this is human nature. And who knows human nature better than I do? Do you remember that Carl Sagan song? If you wish to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. Yeah, I think that's on the gold record with Voyager. Oh, but it's a whole, somebody like put music to it. A still more glorious dawn awaits, not a sunrise, but a galaxy rise. A morning filled with 400 billion suns. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know that's on that the gold That song's record. not on there, him that, talking like that. Is that on gold there. record's on there with the song. And so then no, aliens, the song's not on there. And then aliens find it and like, ugh, it, it actually keeps them away from Earth. Like this is what they call good music. <laughs> You're so annoying. This is we're, okay. Let's just not go near Earth. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if they put music of today on there, it'd be like Cardi B. <laughs> or they'd, yeah, or they'd come. Yeah, to you Earth. messing with a wet ass puss. They or they come to Earth to immediately destroy it macaroni in a pot that's my favorite part do you know what i'm talking about no i still haven't listened to it she says macaroni in a pot that's some wet ass pussy because you know like what it sounds like when you stir macaroni (laughs) oh yeah thanks for ruining it cardi b i think it's hilarious get a bucket and a mop i told you with cardi b i i much preferred her when i didn't know she was a singer yeah which i don't know how i didn't know but I th- she just, thought, you just thought she was a personality. I thought she was just some crazy person who got a lot of followers on Instagram. And then I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed watching some of those videos. And then it's like, oh, uh-huh. you do music. She's like, ah, I got a new car. <laughs> then I'm like, you do music. <laughs> All right, I'm out. I'm into it. I like it. I think it's true. Like, yeah, that song is explicit. But also, it's not for children. And... How many rap songs talk about like their big dicks and like I'm fucking your bitch, you know? Sure. I, I have nothing against the song. No, I'm talking about people who go against it. Like, ah, oh, she's like someone we know was saying that like she was a skank. Like, what the? 
She's married. <laughs> yeah, well, that person hates everyone. Uh, all right, we should start the show because yeah. we're 16 minutes okay. out. Okay, good. I'm exhausted, Greg. Yeah. I'm I gotta s- tell you, I'm exhausted. And let's find out why on this episode Sorry, of I'm, One Topic. I'm looking. I'm getting responses to... Excuse me, I was... I was teeing up. I know. Show. I'm just telling you the Fireside Mystery Theater, the the, the podcast slash live stage show that I do. That's old radio shows. Well, it's in the uh, shape of old radio. It's not old radio shows. It's like old radio shows. It's being presented in the same fashion as old radio shows on stage with sound. Keep saying radio shows. Yeah. Well, like when there were actual <laughs> stories. This was something. That I've been working on. For okay, years what's your and point? Years. And it was been written up in the New York Times. Looks like something That's... I'm working on has success. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna be this show. Suck on that one topic. <laughs> Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. Autumn, this is your week, um, but it's very exciting for me because. You have a new job. Autumn has I have a, a new, new job. job. Autumn has a new job. And I don't know. You know, when people have new jobs on LinkedIn, the alert comes through and it says, <laughs> congratulate so-and-so on their new job with yeah. blank. So congratulate Autumn with her new job. Fill in the blank. DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a real sort of a step back <laughs> listen in, in a is, lot of ways how much, it could be it could be seen as you know uh a little um nitrous in your race car right like i'm already going fast but guess what maybe i can go a little faster put some nitro put some you know nas <laughs> in my engine i don't understand the comparison Okay, because if I still weren't doing the radio show and then I just started doing DoorDash, that's a real step back. And that's pretty pathetic and maybe a little sad. Okay, so but, so I was hoping to stretch this out a bit. Maybe people get a little worried. We, oh, know, well, we, let's we edit stretch it out. out the listenership of the show where people, what, Autumn's got a new job. What's going on with her status with the radio show on the Von Hessler yeah. Doctrine on WSB 95.5 well, FM in out. Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> and what? And then, you know, we don't get to the actual answer until 30 minutes in. And then that Maybe way. Maybe you should have told me that and then I could have dragged it out. Then that way we look at the statistics for the listenership and like, well, that show had great engagement, as they said. What engagement that show had. People were engaged. Usually, I feel like our engagement is probably two minutes, and then people are gone. What do you mean, with one topic or the radio show? One topic. Oh, two minutes. I know. I made that up. That's not true. But, okay. Yeah, so how, you, why did this turn into a shitting on one topic? It didn't. didn't? No. You're saying that people only listen for two minutes? Self-deprecation. People enjoy it. Uh, it shows okay. them that we're modest and we don't take their, ourselves too seriously. Look, it's his planned, gotcha. Autumn. I do this stuff on purpose. You gotta fill me in on these plans. I don't know. Because if you go out there, we're the greatest. We're the, the you know, a labyrinth of pathologies and <laughs> the best there is. Then uh, yep, we're gonna give you our doctrine on whatever we might want to talk about. Then people are like, oh, get out of here. I can't yeah. deal with your egos. So, so yeah, the radio you're sitting up on a pedestal or maybe some sort of pad. So your job with the radio <laughs> Wait, <it's> show. 
<laughs> I called it the fake name instead of the real name. Yeah, well, more power to you. Thank you. Um, so your your position with the radio show, it's still intact. You still have the yes. radio gig. I still have the radio gig. Which opens me up to many more questions at that point. Why you're needing to take a door dashing job. Yes. So, well, first of all, does everyone know what DoorDash is? DoorDash is a food delivery, like a restaurant fast food type delivery service, um, like Postmates. Um, it's part of the gig economy. Yeah. It's you get like an Uber app. Eats. You yeah. get an app. Uh, you put in your order. It covers a bunch of restaurants. And then Autumn is an employee. Mm-hmm. She has the contractor. App. Yeah, contract employee. <laughs> then the uh, the app alerts her. Hey, somebody wants their blooming onion, and they want mm-hmm. it yesterday, and we'll pay you fifty eight cents to deliver this. And she speeds out, no matter what she's doing at home, rushes to the Outback Steakhouse, yeah. grabs the blooming onion for Mike Jones, basic food for a basic man, <laughs> and then you drive it eighteen miles. Yeah. You get your 58 cents. Hopefully the person tips you. Yep. And then I say, thank you. Yes. And then you, you know, with the tip, you probably get $2. Yeah. And 50 something cents. So I think the question is why? Why is this happening? Why are you door dashing? What's going on in your life? There's a lot of questions, a lot of blanks that need to be filled in. And I'm going to start filling them in myself if I don't get answers and that they're going to be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not going to fill in all the blanks. So, Do you have cancer real... and no health insurance? No. Nothing like that. Nothing uh nothing involving anyone's health. Um, but no, I've I uh am I have future plans that require more money that I than I have at this moment. And current plans that require more money than I have at this moment. So, Instead of waiting around for, you know, certain places to just, you know, give me more money in this economy. Well, uh, hey, all right. Hold on. I'm stopping uh, you there. You're making excuses. We don't have to go do too deep into this because I know that you're employed by the radio station and you don't want to stir any shit. Um, but you made an excuse. Instead of waiting around for more money in this economy. This has been radio's. I'm just for for a second. This has been their excuse since 2008. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the economy's bad. Radio's just not the same that it used to be. There's just not as much money in radio. And and then before that, God knows what the excuse was. It was consolidation. You know, we are just a big company, and we decided our company decided to buy 1,200 radio stations, and we're in a lot of debt now. So we have to cut a lot of corners. Just no money for you to be had. I mean, the fact that my first radio job full time was sixteen thousand dollars a year tells you everything you need to know about the industry. And it looks like some things have never changed. And that, look, I know you don't want to get too deep into that. Um, it is a little strange to me that the, you know, the radio show does very well. It's the number one yeah. radio station in the market, a big market, Atlanta. And uh, I just pronounced Atlanta like a person who hasn't lived there in a long time, <laughs> which I haven't. I haven't been there in uh, right. about 13 that years. That didn't grow up there. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta. Sorry, yeah. I, I enunciated that T at the end, so now I've exposed You've ingratiated myself. yourself back in. So no, I look, I enjoy it. That's right. I haven't lived in Atlanta for, oh. a, for a long time, so you can pronounce it any way you want. But anyway, 
you know, it's a big market and the show's doing well. And it just surprises me that you can't even, and this is, this is across the board with radio, um, that you can't even get enough to get by. Yeah. Blows, blows my uh, mind. I have to admit that it's disappointing, but, um, also what else can I do? I can't, I can't go to the people above the people above the people that I'm above those people that I'm talking to. I don't know. I can only ask for what I want and be told differently. And, you know, that's all I can do. What am I going to march, you know, protest, quit? Yeah. I'm not going to quit. I you love the show. Strike. I'm going to do it. You should go on strike. Yeah. Um, I deserve more. Maybe. Well, well I can't get it for you. you. you okay. <laughs> what am I going to do? You do deserve more. Let me say this. Uh, I agree, but there's nothing this, I can do. In this culture of entitlement, people throw deserve. They think they deserve things when they don't actually deserve things. But, you know, the way the model works, especially with a commercial model, is ratings are good. Commercials go for more money. Whole company mm-hmm. makes more money. The people who create the show, therefore, should get more money. So when the whole system is in place and they're just cutting a step out of it, I would say that you deserve a little more money. Well, and you I know, know, deserve and uh, the ability to get are different things. And at least my way of thinking and dealing with it is I can't change what they come back to me with as far as money goes. So um, it's out of my control. I can. That's not to say that I can't be disappointed or sad or, you know, worried <laughs> you know, or something like that. That's all fine. But in reality, there's nothing I can do about it. And so what do I... What am I going to do? You know, am I going to teach myself to fish? Yes, I'm going to figure out how to make more money. So, hence the door dashing. Because um, it's something where you can start and stop whenever you want. And that's something I really need. Because I can't tell... Well, ugh. First of all... Let me say I this. Mean, like, I, I mean, what you're saying is commendable. You aren't sitting around moping and whining and you need some more money and you're taking another job and a job that, you know, I, I really don't look down on. I, I think I was giving you shit I about it, look, but yeah. I, some people probably would. I'm above doing such a thing. It's like, you know, situations call for uh, certain actions and you're taking action. Right. right. And I do feel like proud of myself for that because there are things that you say and then when the shit hits the fan, do you actually you know, put into action those things you've said. And I feel pretty glad that that is the case. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like I've said before, it's like, well, if you don't have enough money, like get another job. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, somebody can go back and say like, well, I, I work in the morning. Like, so my situation, I work in the mornings. I can't just tell like, oh, and first I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to work at Target with like 17 year olds. And like they're not doing their job very well. So you're above and I target. I see that, huh? You're above target, is what you're saying. No, I'm not above target, but I'm above the people that work uh, that I would work with at Target. <laughs> well, part of this, I don't want to. I don't want to work with kids, you know, that are telling me what to do. And I don't. Uh, I also don't want to make such a tiny little amount of money. This this job, this DoorDash thing, is really cool because I feel in charge of what I'm making. Well, it's this is the thing with the gig economy, is you can make your own hours, you go out, you do get taken advantage of of by these 
come, and that's a different thing. Yeah, that's my cynicism at play. But I know quite often it's like uh, the people who are actually on the ground getting the work done. You know, DoorDash I actually read though compared to some of these other food delivery, they treat their employees better. Their contract employees. Is that right? Yeah, with just the the rates and fees are better that you're getting. And what are the other ones like? I I I don't know for sure. I just know that. Uber is notorious in general. Seamless is a big one here in New York. Uh-huh. And Seamless, and New York's a different setup in the sense that a lot of restaurants in New York already have their own built-in delivery people. So you're delivering food from restaurants that don't have a delivery service. This is the go-between that DoorDash provides. All right, now you can order from anywhere, and we've got the delivery covered. Uh, seamless, though. Uh, you still tip the delivery person and stuff, but I think that Seamless takes 20-something percent, maybe 30% of what you're paying to the restaurant. And so you prov- I, oh. I get it. You provided a service, and you created the app and the development, and the restaurants don't have to partake in it. They don't. But it's at a point where people do use this service uh, more so than calling the restaurant directly, so you probably would lose out on business. So you're kind of held hostage in a way. And I think it's, I don't think the, it scales properly, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I was like, if you take 5%, great. And you've probably got so much business, taking 5% is going to make you a lot of money. And right. I think some of the other uh, apps like Uber Eats are kind of like that in the sense that they probably keep a higher percentage than they give to the drivers. Um, okay. And I, I think... And the DoorDash, what provides an opportunity to cash out your money every single day if you want. Yes. So that's yep, a nice you thing. You have that. But going back to what you're saying, having control of uh, the work that you do, setting your own hours. And even if it's just an hour here and there, yeah. the ability to it quickly. It can be for like 15 minutes. Yeah. The ability to quickly make more money mm-hmm. is uh, is a nice thing despite yeah. my complaints against the gig economy, which leaves workers exposed and doesn't offer them any kind of health care or benefits, even if they work for full-time hours and blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's the thing. I mean, it is a, it, it should be a side hustle, <laughs> which I hate, whatever, side gig. It should be something that's going to, um, you know, the, um, what's it called when you add something, uh, facilitate, not facilitates, but uh Whatever you add it on to whatever your your main thing is. So supplement. Um, supplement. Thank you. Supplements your income. Uh, so yeah, I started on Thursday. I did two dashes on Thursday because I was just figuring it out. I didn't you were know where nervous. I was going. You were nervous going oh, in. I was nervous. I didn't know. It was weird. What, it was what, really what were, weird. What were stirring the fears? What was stirring the fears? Just that whole thing of like I'm going into something and I don't know where to go you know I don't know how to do it I mean I know how to drop off food at someone you know what I mean but no there's a system and there's other people that you're encountering who know the system it's yeah I I'm oh and there's like little tricks and like tips and things that you and and uh methods that work that you find for yourself like as you continue to do them you know, that you figure out that, you know, you can't read on how to do it, that no one can teach you. You just, it's like a preference. You know, you find your own preferences. It's really it's I'm, interesting. I'm similar in the sense that if I don't know the way a system works, I tend to shy away from it. Even that, that can even go to 
ordering at a busy restaurant to go restaurant. Yeah. You know, here in New York, there's quite a few places where there is a system. People know how to order. They keep it going because if I don't know the way that works, I don't want to be the person in there clogging up that system. So I just end up yeah. not doing it. So I understand getting in there. So, you know, jumping in there that in its own right, you're opening yourself up for that. Uh, talking about learning the tricks mm-hmm. of the trade. This is where I think it suits you because it I know it's not a game, but it seems like you can treat it as a game because you're just yeah. zooming around town. You're trying the fares pop up or not fares, but the delivery yeah. uh-huh. you know, pops up. Dashes. Yeah. So a dash pops up and it's a good one and you need to claim it quickly before someone else gets it. And then learning how to maximize Right. Because like you could say, oh, this looks like a decent tip. You know, it's let's say it's it. you're going to make ten dollars. And that includes the three dollars that DoorDash automatically puts in. So you have to think about that, too. So, you know, a ten dollar thing comes up and you're like, I want ten dollars. But then you say you say you're going to do it. And then you see, oh, no, it's like 15 miles away. Oh no, <laughs> you know, and they ordered like. So you don't know how far you have to go until after you accept. No, you do know ahead of time. So that's what I mean. So at first, you know, I was, I was, I accidentally accepted one that was like three something dollars, and it was at a Burger King where this person ordered like two chicken sandwiches and <laughs> onion rings, like the weirdest items from Burger King. It's like ordering lasagna at KFC. Well, they don't offer lasagna. (laughs) I understand what you're trying to say there, but that's... But anyway, I I accepted it because it was my second one ever. It's not unheard of to buy chicken sandwich. Was the person excited when you dropped off their chicken sandwich? Yes, he was. And he was old. But what that meant was that he didn't give me any tip. But that's a sweet story. And the Burger King had a real, like, shitty system. I didn't know... Again, I didn't know where I was supposed to be. So I was doing that thing, you know, and I just like waited for someone to look at me. And she asked me like, oh, are you with DoorDash? Oh, yeah, you have to go do this. Like, oh, man. What do so, you have to do? Well, at Burger King, you have to go to the register and tell them you're there for the order. And then they start making it. They don't just start making. They they don't check. They don't make it ahead of time. Well, and it's fast food. You come in and grab it. But a lot of other places do. You know, they'll have it ready for you when you come get it. Well, that blooming onion takes a little longer to cook. To well, fry, that's different. To, to drown in grease. The so, what, it takes... so what some places do that have a more sophisticated system is that they're tracking when the door dasher is coming to their restaurant. And then that's when they'll like, when it's within a certain range, that's when they'll fire the meal. And then... By the time you get there, you're waiting a minimal amount of time so that you can get the delivery out as fast as possible. It's not sitting there. Going, but yeah, so anyway, this well, ugh, this going. hold on, this Burger King thing was so horrible. I waited there for like 20 minutes, and then uh, and then I went to this guy's house, and like I said, he was this old man. I was because it was my second one. I really and just this weekend was my first weekend doing it. I really had to get over the idea of like. I have to be good at this right away. I have to only make good decisions. I kept making mistakes, not mistakes like big mistakes, like you don't deliver something or, you know, you fuck something up. More like, um, oh, I shouldn't have accepted that order because it was too low and too far away. Oh, I should have. Fool. Um, See, this is, I guarantee that uh, DoorDash depends on the turnover of people. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people are joining and then not doing it that long. 
because it sounds like there are a lot of shitty orders placed. And why would you go deliver something for three dollars? Uh, so yeah. they probably depend on the people coming in and falling into that trap, and then they quit soon yeah. after. But there's so many people coming in that they they look at this and they do they they call you the fools. Here are the naive. Yeah. Well, I was the, the fool. naives. The naives are here. Take that three dollar Burger King order. The old man, which by the way, uh, that's had to blow his mind though, as an old man using his phone to get some Burger King chicken sandwiches delivered to him and figuring how to do it. He's probably very proud of himself. And he probably right. thought to himself, this really is the future. I'm he, here. That he didn't understand that you're supposed to tip, you know? He's like, well, I don't tip at Burger King. Why would I tip this person? Did he say that? No, but I'm just imagining. You know what I mean? Like when people are older, you just give them a pass on stuff. Which like, they, All right. they know and honestly, exactly I felt, what they're doing. Yes, I know. But I felt I, per, whatever his motivation was, my thinking was like, all right, he wanted his meal and maybe a more experienced dasher would not uh, would not take that order. But I was the one that did it. And I'm glad. Look, you needed your chicken from a place that's called Burger King. That's fine. Was his old wife there? And maybe I don't know. And he's, he's she was really excited. And like he's really excited. Henry, it's the food here. Yeah, and then he cuts the chicken sandwich up in pieces for her and feeds it to her. This is turning, <gasps> oh. yeah, see, the sweetest story ever. And then he reads her reads her notebook to her. But it doesn't change the fact that he <laughs> didn't tip you. They go out and dance you, in the rain. That he did I not know. tip you. So. Whatever. And that's, but, a, that's this isn't, what's the uh, Instacart is the grocery delivery one, right? Instacart is the grocery one, yeah. So with DoorDash, you can't take away someone's, like Instacart I heard, People were putting giant tips up front. Oh, I've heard that too. To get people to go out and buy their groceries. And then they had the ability to change that tip and they would change it to zero quite often after the people had already done all the work. And this is during COVID too when these people are going out because they're in a position where they have to make money and Mm -hmm. they're putting themselves uh, in some kind of risk, at some kind of risk for for catching it. And then you take away the tip. Give me a break. How yeah, sleazy are you? You're a ghoul at that point. <laughs> you're. I. I hope that your you know pickles had Ajax sprinkled into it. Yeah, that's a pretty messed up thing to do. And I would imagine that that probably didn't happen frequently. It happened enough that this was a story going around. I mean, maybe. Yeah, but you know how those things start. You know what I mean? It was like one and a half people it happened to out of the thousands and thousands of Instacart orders. And it was just like a, a ghost story at that point. It's you know, still, like maybe something like that happened, but it's still know. a scummy thing to do. But of sure. course it is. But I do want to say that I think. Oh, something- sorry. The question, though, and I'm sorry to cut you off. They can't do that with DoorDash. You can't change the tip, right? Could okay, someone no, set you up you that can. way? You can't. But sometimes you get more than you think. Like sometimes you end up getting a higher tip at the end than what you started with, which I don't understand how that works okay that's nice that's a nice surprise yeah that's a great surprise it was like eight dollars and then it was twelve dollars and how long uh how many deliveries do you think you get done in an hour Ugh. well it depends on your where you're going it depends i mean you hope that each one start to finish only lasts like 20 minutes but it can definitely go longer than that i was gonna say this is what i was gonna say was that i think something that really struck me um, that, you know, I don't know if 
before I would feel differently about this because of maturity or if it's because of sort of my new mindset about myself and forgiveness and all of those like sort of crunchy things, my journey, you know, all these things that are happening with me right now. But the, the idea that I, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be like it, it. Making mistakes is only making me smarter. You know, I think that that's the biggest lessons that I've taken out of this so far is that the mistakes I've made have been annoying me, you know, but they've also been like, okay, now I've made that mistake. Now I know to stay away from that, you know, and no Reddit thread on how to DoorDash is going to tell me that sometimes you might get caught in, in when you're in Baltimore in between a going, going through a tunnel under the water and have to pay the toll three times because you miss your exit <laughs> or like you're stuck in this DoorDash zone where people are ordering from one side of the tunnel and making you deliver it to the other side back and forth. And you're not you're still having to pay for that toll. So no one can tell you, you know what I mean, it's just through experience or no one can tell you, you know, like I said, to what you prefer. So this weekend I went and explored different areas in Baltimore, which I thought would be better because my biggest sort of idea or complaint about being out in the suburbs was that the distance from the restaurant to the person's house was kind of long because people in the suburbs don't always live super close to where the restaurants and like the little town centers are, you know? So yeah, I want I was my Krispy Kreme and it's 20 miles away. Oof, yes. That should be managed by the way. There should be delivery <laughs> yeah. zones. And that falls on the creators of DoorDash. But if, the, if somebody in Laurel wants Krispy Kreme, then I guess they can use DoorDash. Anyway, so... <laughs> Inside uh, Laurel. What I imagined Baltimore and maybe D.C. is like this too. I haven't gone down there yet. But what I thought would be happening is that people are ordering Chipotle, you know, six blocks away. And they just either don't want to physically have to go get it. Maybe parking is annoying. Maybe it's too hot. They don't want to walk. And so I thought I'd be like zipping all close by to all these places. But in reality, I'm like scooting through streets back and forth. The roads are horrible. I feel like my axle's going to break in half. The it's, you know, I'm seeing prostitutes. It's like it's which I I mean I like seeing that. It's interesting. But I don't know. It just seemed way more claustrophobic and annoying to be in Baltimore. And then when I when I left Baltimore and I came back down to my suburban area, which I do a lot of complaining about the suburbs, but this was a good part about being a DoorDasher, I guess, is that you there found are these the sort of grace of the suburbs. Yeah, this is my this is my first compliment to the suburbs. Delivering people that, their chilies loaded baked potato. Yeah. <laughs> their Applebee's steaks. Um, was that there are these sort of longer stretches of road between when you have to make a decision to turn or to do or to what. And it's surprisingly much more relaxing to it be out like, and driving in the suburbs. Yeah, it sounds like you're a Formula One race car driver having to make split-second decisions when you're in Baltimore. Well, you kind of are going, because think about how short the little block is and then you're like, ah, I have to turn. And then what's going on with the GPS? It's not working at that point. Oh, it is, but it's still, it's just like a lot. You know what I mean? It's turning, it's doing, it's going. Here's how it's I think you become a good DoorDasher. You don't need the uh -huh. GPS. You take pride in that. Like, I know how to Ooh, get there. Oh, like those cab drivers you imagine, like, that go to this place and they just don't exist. Exactly where that is. Yeah, they don't exist anymore, mm -mm. which is a shame. 
Um, and well, th- that's the that's the thing about being out here too. Is like, oh, I know where that is. Whereas in Baltimore, I's like, oh man, where's that Chipotle? Oh, it's where do like you park? Squished. And you're in the city. How are you parking to get these food? I parked near items. some bums to go to that Chipotle. That were like sleeping in their little thing and they smelled like weed. Well, that's nice. No, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying like well, I I'm parked just next to those guys. The homeless people are, have access to weed now too. That's not criticism. <laughs> that's not me. Like some people are like, yeah. oh yeah, the home I'm saying, oh great. No, homeless people have cell phones. You need to escape the life as much as you can. Get high. Although, I don't understand how homeless were, people have cell phones. If I, I that's a good question. Some people are gonna say the Obama phone. Shut up. Let's not even get into that. Um <laughs> I feel like if I were homeless and getting high, though, I would just constantly think about the fact that I was homeless and how the hell yeah. did this happen. So getting high wouldn't be a, a, a good escape for me. But going back to what you're saying, this offers and you know, it affords an opportunity for you to make mistakes. And I don't mean to shit on it, but the stakes are lower, meaning I think oh, it's that's true. training wheels for other areas of your life where... You're getting in there. You are making mistakes. Your identity isn't tied to this. I still, I know you still want to do a good job and you want to maximize uh, as much money as you can make. And maybe you're, you even have a good heart and you want to get people their food lukewarm before it gets cold. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, respectable. But I feel as though some of the other things, and this is something I suffer from, if you're doing something creative or I know that you had this idea of creating uh, art that would uh-huh. you, put, you will put on Etsy and try yeah. to sell it, which just in its own right, there's so many people selling so many things that even if it's great art, it may not be seen. Uh, you know, you have to get it out there somehow. And it would be easy to take that as a rejection. Right. If, if, if you put something up there uh, and, you know, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm talking about you wanting to do this art, but I'm thinking of myself in that situation. Um, so I'm projecting this onto you. Uh, but also, I feel as though refining that art, if you're putting something out there that you want people to buy, so you had this idea just to create these cute little animals that you would, people yeah, would put in there. Yeah, like nursery decor. Yeah, and I think even within that, there probably, there would be mistakes, there would be modifications, yes. things you need to learn, yeah. different ways you need to create the art and present the art and market the art. And, you know, jumping right into that seems like a thing. And again, for me, if I tried to do it and it didn't work in a week, I would yeah. just give up. I'm like, I'm done. But it's also because there's more at stake in the sense that my identity more so. Right. Maybe not You're identity. Putting, but, there's a vulnerability in putting something that you are proud of and it not working. Yeah. So DoorDash is teaching you some valuable life lessons, it sounds. Well, OK. So I started to do that sort of art that Etsy nursery decor idea first before I applied to be a door dasher. Um, and I honestly, maybe listen, I'm not bragging, but maybe I'm just great because <laughs> I really did sort of trust the process of doing something creative, sort of trying out different things, not needing it to go perfectly you know, as it moves on. And right now, because I just started door dashing, I haven't been thinking about the art as much. But I also trust that too, that I will go back to it. Um, because I do need a creative outlet. Door dashing is not a creative outlet. 
Um, no, and but it's a the quick, thing, quick, reliable way exactly. to make money. It's quick and you're right. It's quick and reliable, and I can and I can do it whenever. But the doing the the nursery stuff, those art, those whatever these animals, um, you know, you and I, I was I was really going in a direction with it where I was, you know, coloring with these markers to see what that looked like, and then I was using colored pencils to see what that turned out like, testing out different backgrounds on them, and then you and I just stumbled upon a a, a GIF that we both liked and came on and sort of were inspired by that to change. And that's totally different than what I was doing before. So I kind of trust that creative process that it does take time and just experimenting, you know, and I really do think, I wonder if that's something that comes with age, you know, where you've, you've gone through life and you've seen things work and you've seen how things work. You've seen your set yourself have success and failures and, you have fallen, you know, I think when you're young, right, you haven't had a lot of disappointments. Well, fingers crossed, I guess, when you're younger, you haven't had a ton of disappointments. You haven't had a lot of like personal failures. Just not a lot of life has happened to you, um, especially living in as an adult on your own, you know, and I feel like now that I have had that because I'm 38, yes, not you 37, are. which I thought yesterday, um, <laughs> that. Yeah, you it's it's kind of okay. You don't mind that it's not working right away. Well, I you know, still I still uh failure. I still shy away from it at all costs. Yeah, I guess I don't. I haven't experienced I'm failure in my you. life because I've just avoided any instance where it could possibly pop up and I make sure that uh before I set out to do something, it's going to work out. That's not Tell necessarily me the, the truth though, the truth. Is that true? You don't avoid things. I've just- I've avoid, I've probably have avoided plenty for that very reason but what about right now when it comes i mean to, i could say that too i avoided a ton of stuff yeah but. so when you're talking about this coming along with age maybe i don't when it comes to creative things and you know yeah. you feel as though your worth is tied into it you are vulnerable and if it gets rejected or people don't like it it's a commentary on you as a person yeah uh, that's I, true it's a little I, yeah. and we've talked about this before and on other shows um you know yeah that is something that i've surely shied away from and avoided at, many times in my life uh you know i feel like maybe doing something that doesn't mean as much to you is the way to get used to you know i i still feel as though if i were door dashing and i did something like the tunnel thing that you did yeah you went through a tunnel (laughs) three times because you got turned around i would think I i would beat myself up for the rest of the night but that's an opportunity to learn to not do that because ultimately nobody else knows that i did that and well, DoorDash does because I'm sure they're trapped. I did have to text the person. I was like, yo, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I'll be there soon. What did they write back? They take away She was their... like, it's cool. I think she was super stoned. Oh, yeah. You have no sense of time when you're super stoned anyway. Yeah. You put something like, in the it's microwave. It's all good. She ordered this amazing. Oh, I went. Oh, you know, I really should. I should write down some of these places because I was in sort of this real shitty part of Baltimore. And there was this um, like barbecue that looked just uh, like a tent set up with like tons of smoke coming out of it and a bunch of people waiting for it. I was like, ooh, I bet that's really good barbecue. Because like the shittier the outside of a barbecue place looks, the better it is. And then this Greek, so this the, the girl I was saying I went back and forth through the tunnel for accidentally. What did she order, by the way? She ordered a bunch of Greek food. She got uh, like a wrap thing. She got... Uh, Greek fries. She got baklava. She got it all. 
I'm just really interested to know in people's food orders. Oh, I love looking at that. Do you steal the food? Okay. No, you can't steal it. Like I would steal a few fries. No, all of that stuff is taped up. Everything is taped up, closed, sealed. And smart because people would be stealing the fries. Fries, that's the one you steal. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't do it. I'm not doing that. But anyway, so, uh, oh, I went to this weird little street where it was like I was in another country because this these bunch of old men were just sitting outside like smoking and eating and talking. And they were and there was this Greek restaurant and this like two Greek restaurants right next to each other. I feel like these old men were Greek. I don't know. I was really into it. You offended me. I wish me I'd written it down. With that Greek uh, imitation. All the I men. told the guy, I said, Eferishto, <laughs> which what? means thank you. That's a real word. You yeah. just Autumn, the, the Greek in me is offended by your imitation of oh, a beautiful are language. Are you Greek? No. You're Roman. <laughs> I'm not Roman. <laughs> your nose is Roman. I'm not any any of those things. Your um, silhouette is Roman. <laughs> yeah, I'd just be really curious. I guess you're not seeing the people as much, though, because you said there's contactless delivery where you just put the yeah, bag Yeah, I don't see them. I did, I did deliver some... Um, uh, cheesecake factory to this house, this apartment, and inside it was like ten thirty at night. I heard kids like yelling and screaming and like, bah! and then this. I thought, I don't know what I thought, but then this like just this dude who looked half baked came out. He was like, "Thank you." Boy. <laughs> yeah, the people are really here. What the fuck? People are really giving you a window inside uh, their lives and their mm-hmm. when you when you're seeing what people are ordering. That is. Oh, this old lady. I she ordered something and she opened the door and sure house smelled like mothballs. I was like, Grandma, you got to keep the moths away. <laughs> oh, have you ever had a moth, moth infestation? I had a wool. Coat no, once. but why do mothballs have to smell so bad? Because they want the moths to stay away. I have this moths aren't responding to the smell. Yeah, it's driving them away. What is a mothball? It's a ball <laughs> that keeps moths away. Yeah, I know that. What is it? <laughs> that's that's what it is. Uh, it's a it's I had it's mo- a ball made out of dead moths to tell other moths stay away or I'll turn you into a ball. Man, I had moths once, and they were eating this coat that I liked, and then I put out one of those glue traps. Like it's a triangle and they oh, fly yeah. into it. It's got an open, two, the two sides are open and they fly and they mm. just stick to it. And there were so many. It's like, you wouldn't even know there were that many around. I know. Where are they? They're hide. Well, it's actually the larvae that eat the wool. Right. And then once they're okay. grown, they're not eating it anymore, but they're just mating and laying the eggs. Uh, mothballs are small balls of a chemical pesticide and deodorant. So I'm well, trying to. Her f- house smelled like mothballs. And I, I instantly like created this weird scent memory for her grandkids, which I assume she has grandkids who come over to her house and they know it smells weird and they don't know until they're adults that it's a mothball smell. And then they kind of don't like the smell, but then when they smell it, they remind them of Nana. (laughs) So they buy mothballs after she dies. And then I drove, you know, to Chipotle or something after that, but it's been kind of fun. Sometimes I like blast music and I'm listening to stuff or sometimes I'm quietly listening to a podcast quickly here you go it's uh the mothballs they go from a solid to a gas these fumes that come off of them are toxic to the moths and oh the larva. okay so it is the smell it kills them and it deters them from the area well cut out that part where i nope boldly was like it's not the smell 
I would. I know that a lot of people aren't del- or eating in the middle of the night, but that's when I would work. The roads are somewhat empty. Yeah. I would put on yeah. coast to coast and hear people talk about shadow people and chupacabras <laughs> and UFOs. Yeah, and, I get that. I get that idea. You're such a romantic. Well, I think it's the that's the best time to be out. It's nice, especially in the summer or the winter, because in the summer it's cooling down a bit at night. Even if it doesn't get too cool, you blast the air conditioner, and then it's it's two a.m. There's not that many people out. It's a whole subset of people that yeah. are up that are different than the normal the norms of the Normies. of the daylight. And then in the winter, just be freezing out. Yeah, that'd be the best time to go. I would, but you know, it's a shame that most of these restaurants are also closing. They're not open 24 hours. So I guess your opportunity to deliver through the night. I feel like I would be a Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the restaurants around me close at 1030. (laughs) Suburbs. I know there are some places like all the fast food stuff is still open. Um, you know, yeah, even, even, uh, over by the mall. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's there's like a bunch of restaurants over there. Um, but I think even they close early. What time so, does the Panda Express close? 10, 10 I think. People, I love Panda Express. People so want to eat late. Garbage. What is it? Why are these places staying open? There's probably a lot. If they were open, they probably get a lot of business, especially if you're the only one who's open. But they refuse to do it. And we want to go home and see our families. Oh, I'm so special. I have a family to see. You're I have to sleep. You're supposed to work hard. That's the American dream. You drive yourself into the ground. So you well, can that's kind of how I felt yesterday. So I DoorDash for like I did, I DoorDash for like nine hours yesterday. But you're and obsessed I'm really with it. Still feeling the effects today. Are you dreaming about it? I'm sure. Like you're getting. You're right that it is a game. When you described it as a game, that is exactly right because you open up your app and the area. Like, you know, my state or my sort of, um, what's it called? Like the metropolitan area, whatever. They're broken up into these different sort of segments and different neighborhoods. So it'll show you like within this border is it's red. And so it tells you that it's busy. And a lot of experienced door dashers will tell you not to chase the red areas because it changes frequently and you're wasting your gas to get out there for it to just change and then there's nothing to do so just like stick around your house until something comes up and then try and go out during busy times and like dinners and lunches and breakfasts and stuff the old timers but it's interesting to open your app and see that it's red and then there's a button that says like dash now and you're like should I do it? Should I just go out? Well, you love money. <laughs> I do. I do love money. You, we, we had the show about gambling, and I feel as though this is similar to gambling in the sense it's not anything like gambling because you're not putting your money at, up at risk. But right, uh, you know, there's a payoff if you gamble and you win a few dollars at the slot machine. That's exciting. It's a dopamine burst, and I feel yeah. as though the same thing's happening here. It's like an eight. An 850 delivery, an 850 dash, I'm doing a 1325 dash. Oh my God. And you feel like you won something. Yeah, it's true. Like I, I dashed Friday and Saturday. And like I said, Saturday was like almost all day long. And, uh, I told myself I'm not dashing on Sunday. 
not just as a rule, but just to, just to like give yourself a break. You have other things to do. I don't have food here. I need to buy. I got to go out and get groceries. Have you been uh, obsessing though all day? Yeah, I think dashing. like, oh man, maybe I could just do it later. <laughs> you know what I mean, I just, I'm, I, I have this urge to do it, but really I'm, I keep having to tell myself like, no, take care of yourself. Give yourself a break. This Go is like out. a gambling addiction. Is that it really pull, is. that feeling is similar? I would think. Again, it's not harmful necessarily to you. No, because you're just missing out on money. Whereas gambling is, I'm missing out on maybe getting money, but in reality, you're destroying your life. You're just missing out on losing money. Yeah, and you're destroying it. Like it gets to the point with gambling where it's actually a detriment to your existence and people you care about and you continue to do it. You can't stop this compulsive behavior is not in your control anymore. If I had nothing to lose and could just like, I don't know if nothing existed, (laughs) I would get a loan and then just like go have fun at a casino and just like spend it. That sounds awful to me. No, but never having to pay it back. No consequences. See the, when it comes to, I just want to gamble. When it comes to gambling, and I, I wonder if I brought this up on our gambling episode, but uh-huh. even something as simple as roulette, black or red, uh, not quite 50-50 because you have the two zeros on there. Right. But, you know, putting 10000 it doesn't have to be 10000 putting $100 on there. But yeah. let's just say something like $10,000. Not quite a 50-50 chance, but close that you'll win, but also the same chance that you'll lose, a little higher chance that you'll lose. Um and for some people, I guess the idea, the thrill of that win is what lures them to it. But I like yeah. the, I know what I would feel like if I lost that empty <sighs> hole in my brain. And, and it just heart. being gone so fast. And that does not like the, the idea, the thrill of the win, the idea of the win. It's not enough to outweigh that thought. Uh, mm-hmm. So with DoorDash, I, I could see it getting wrapped up in it, too, though, because it is just money. Uh, I think you have to set some kind of boundaries with it, but also it is there so that if you're running an errand and you're already out and you just want to look and see if there's one yeah. for you to pick up and you can pick up an extra 13 bucks or even eight bucks, whatever, do it. Uh, sure. It's yeah. just, it's just always there then though. It, it, it work life balance is important and this is going to permeate Definitely. all, all realms unless mm-hmm. you don't let it. And I'm sure the novelty will wear so off. So maybe a that's bit too. another thing that comes with maturity, right? Is knowing that I can't and I'm not going to enjoy pushing myself to that extreme. Not like it's so extreme, but you know, it's it's doing something. It's time away from your house. It's time away from sort of doing the things that you need to do. Like I said, grocery shop and laundry. <laughs> but how many hours uh, did you do it yesterday? Nine. Nine. Right? Okay. Yes. What did you make? I made 176 yesterday. In nine hours? And I could have made more because I really think I could have made more because like I said, I was experimenting with the different, like in Baltimore and different places out there. So that was time getting there. That was. It's nineteen fifty an hour. So that's pretty good. I mean, for yeah, a part-time. I, could, I really think I could have made more yesterday. For a part-time job, that's not bad. Yeah. 1950 picking up some extra cash since you can't make it apparently being on a number one radio station and number one radio show in a major apparently. market. Those are the facts. Which still blows my mind. But I don't want to shit on the radio station. 
We're not because we're, I, okay. I, I'm talking and I mean, I am bringing this up. It's not, but it, it's the state of the industry overall. And at some point yes. I want to do a whole show on radio and I will shit on radio. Yeah. Uh, we should do a Patreon where we just. Oh yeah. But that's, that was one thing I was going to bring up. It's like, you need this extra money, huh? You want to take the show to Patreon? Oh, yeah. Start. Okay. So if we people. did a Patreon, we'd really have to like give some juice. Yeah. I don't want to do that. It's that we've talked okay. about that. I don't, I like, just putting the show is going to be free no matter what. And some people will give money to a Patreon. Most people won't. And that's okay. And so I know it's if not, we, I know it's not yeah. really changing the fact that it's not a free show, but I like the fact that that pressure is not even there. And then we don't yes. have to eh, beg for the money and ask for it. And like you said, you have to put work into it and the perks and you will send you, you can send us a I question know. and we'll answer it. I don't want to, I don't want to manage that. It. I don't want that to be on my mind. I just want to focus on doing the show and leave it at that. Maybe the engagement with social media could be a bit more because I do think people like when they can talk to the people that they listen to. I think so too. But, you know, that's on you still because you're the social media queen. I know. And I kind of am annoyed by it. It really is. It shouldn't be on you. It should be me and I should pick up some of that responsibility. Yeah, but you do a lot too. You do the editing typically and the posting. Sure. All that stuff. Um. It's just not something I necessarily enjoy is getting on social media to, but right. it could be nice to chat with people. But anyway, if we did the Patreon ever, if we did, because you needed money, that would be the reason. And I would let you keep all the money, but you would have to do all the work. Well, thank you. And say, yeah, sure. Okay. If you really need this money, go ahead and do it. Instead, what I would like to do is have some advertisers so yeah. that if people want something, they can use our code or whatever. Yeah, maybe we'll get there one day. I don't know. I know. We'll never get there. <laughs> I mean, in terms of <laughs> doing podcasts, we're in a higher percentage. It's we are. Like, we're actually in a really high percentage, but... In terms of listenership, it's, The, the, but the it's numbers not huge. are all clouded up with the billions of podcasts that started and stopped. Yeah. It's also... Yeah. It's... You know, most people, I think, get six downloads for a podcast episode when they start... And we're doing pretty good for no promotion. Um, uh, you know, obviously, we're tied to the radio station. Should we tell them how much we're, how many we're downloading? No, it doesn't matter. Don't let people right. believe whatever they want to believe. I don't want to tell them okay. anything one way or the other. It's either lower than they thought or it's higher. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I'm not. No, there's some secrets that stay with us. Um, well, but I, everybody you know. who's I do want to since we're talking about the audience, we should thank them because our show is something that. Really, I feel like we're coming from this very truthful place and an honest place. Most of the as time. As honest as, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> um, Someone's always honest. Me. Someone, half the time. <laughs> more than half. <laughs> 70% of the time. 75. Okay. Eight, 82. <laughs> All right. So you're thanking them. But yeah, I think it's, I think that um, it's really cool because. You know, this is this is us putting something out there like we were talking about earlier, you know, where we think it's good and we think it's kind of cool to be talking about these things. But will other people care? Do other people find it interesting? You know, it turns out. Yeah, (laughs) a little bit. So some people. Thanks for that. Yeah. Share. And what we're doing isn't, you know, something that is. uh, I don't know. It's real. It's about us and it's about. Um, 
being genuine and honest with our feelings at the very least. I'm always honest with my feelings. Well, uh, start sharing the show with people that you know who you think will enjoy it. That way, Autumn can stop door dashing one day. Maybe the show gets <laughs> yeah. so big that we get advertisers. Uh, I did check my mail today, and I got a $5 off DoorDash coupon. What timing. Cool. What a coincidence. The universe speaks. Uh, so for anyone who wants to use this code, because I won't, $5 off and zero delivery fee on your first order Only can only be used once. So rush out there and use the code VBZQBRQ. That's VBZQBRQ. Good luck. Yeah. And if you're the person that uses it and it works, please tell us who that is. I want to know you. <laughs> I just like that. Uh, nobody's actually going to scramble to use it. But I like this idea of people. I got to get that $5 off and that $0 delivery fee with v- VBZ QBRQ. That's VBZ QBRQ. Enjoy. $5 off your first DoorDash delivery. Um, and then, Autumn, you should forge forward with your art. Just admit it. You're an artist. I you will. You can be an artist. And uh, I do miss that put yourself part of out my there. life. Just know, know that Etsy will take a little bit of time. That's if this fine. were Etsy in, in 2000. No, even back then it was super flooded. Already? When when did it launch? Oh, maybe not 2000. Maybe like 2008. Yeah. Now, but anyway. Now everyone thinks I'm great at my crafts. Or I guess they have their stores where they sell vintage stuff. And I know. So much of that stuff is such garbage, though. Well, I, I mean, was... it's like easily purchased things from China that you sell as like handmade. Yeah. You have to do the research yourself. A lot of people just yeah. believe it. Oh, wow. Look mm-hmm. at this vintage item. And then the person. Well, this owl that's popular everywhere this person is just they're making it themselves no they're not there was there was some wall shelves that i saw on there they were very basic they're actually somewhat ugly and seventeen hundred dollars i was offended i was so offended that this person had the audacity to think and i think they were handmade that they made them but it doesn't matter handmade for two small wall shelves really small $1,700 really really pissed me off. I really have not been, I don't get offended that easily. And this actually was offensive to me. Were there comments or anything or reviews? I didn't even look. I didn't even look. I thought of the asshole who put this up for that price. Who is, who's so misguided and so delusional that he thinks that his work is worth this kind of money. It's not, it's, I know you're not listening but it's not. Hopefully, if I put that out in the universe, somehow it gets back to you. It's not. Well, the universe is listening to you because you got that DoorDash thing. Your your work is not worth $1,700. And even if it were good, which it's not, it's not worth $1,700. So just F you. I can't believe that you exist. These people. We're going to post a picture of these shelves, okay? I don't even know how to find them anymore. Maybe. I think you sent it to me. So. Okay, you can... You can find. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. Um, Please like and subscribe, rate and review the show. We really like to see the number of ratings and reviews go up. And um, check out hoffandpepper.com for some really great locally Chattanooga made hot sauce. And uh, be kind to your DoorDash people because it could be me. The code again is VBZQBRQ. That's VBZQBRQ. QBRQ. 
$5 off with a zero delivery fee on your first DoorDash order. Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, huh? additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hop Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana-style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code one topic 15 Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. One topic 15 Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together. At checkout, you'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome.